the vibe check. I passed the vibe check. guys welcome to the show welcome to the wednesday show welcome to i see things a little differently welcome to the first show of february welcome to the review of echo and i said uh earlier that we were going to do all five episodes but after watching all five episodes and was it in like a one what because it, it, it's tv ma air quotes no air quotes can't see me doing air quotes i think i watched like the first three the first night then the last two the next day um i had the flu when i actually watched them um, and, th- and as I record this, this is still in the middle of January, actually. Martin Luther King's birthday, actually. And, um, uh, and I'm, I, as you guys can tell, I'm way ahead on the Wednesday shows because we did the one episode at a time for Gen V. But, um, you know, I said I'm gonna, I was going to watch it. I completely forgot about it because Marvel's schedule this year is light. It's Deadpool, it's Echo, and if I'm not mistaken, that's it. Um, that, that could always change, but I mean, the one thing that was that I was looking forward to was Captain America, which I think is called Brave New World. Um, it was New World Order, now it's Brave New World, but then they did test screenings or something like that and ended up getting pushed back to 2025. So, uh, the one thing I was looking forward to was not, not on the board anymore. So, comic book movies are going to be non-existent this year from now like i don't even look here i would count the dc now i know it's not the dceu anymore but i would count james gunn's dc universe but i don't even know what to expect from any of this especially since hollywood's really just getting started again you know um but i said i was watching echo and i remember when they, when echo was first announced my first thought was why like no one's asking for this and you know I avoid using terms like this on this show. We we can have the conversation. I just avoid using because I do think it's overused. Uh, woke. It's funny using that term because, you know, when I think of it, it's a deeper uh, conversation. Hear me out for a second. There was a time where inclusion was non-existent, if we're just being honest. And you might have had one black person in the movie. They would get killed off first. And and, and that's all you really got, right? That, that That's one thing I could see happening. People don't realize how important inclusion is when inclusion... When the, when the inclusion is um, natural. When the inclusion makes sense. Not when it's forced. If you look at everything... Let's just look at last year, 2023. Everything that was air quotes woke or made for everybody, it all flopped. Let's not, we could talk about the Marvels and that's fine. What about Gotham Knights? I did not watch a second of that show. I did watch this guy. He, uh, he's on YouTube. His name is V Infuso. He's, he's a great watch. Go check his stuff out. I remember watching the, 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 cause he loves all things wrestling and Batman. Anyways, he did a review of it, 
And they had transgender characters in there. They had gay characters in there. They had black. They had white. They had, they had everything in there. It was this big pot of inclusion gumbo. And it completely flopped. When the writing is not natural, it just doesn't... It's, just not gonna, it's never going to work. The writing has to be natural. The one knock I had, uh, several, but the one major knock I had of Marvel's besides it not giving things time to breathe was everything seemed forced. Like, you could imagine the the, the relationship between uh, Captain Marvel and Rambo being strained because she's been off-world off for so long. Why not dig into that? You know, you have this great young talent in uh, uh, Miss Marvel... And, like, you just breeze through everything. Because no one really wants all this. No one really wants anything woke. Let's, let's be real, guys. Let's just put all cards on the table. No one really wants woke shit. No one wants any woke shit at all. It's just people, for some reason, they give... Like, Hollywood... This lets you know that people are just aren't that smart. They let Twitter people control what is on there. Look here, a lot of things we we know as comic book fans. Also, if you think about this, it's funny because people who are deep, deep into comics, they will never like the MCU because the MCU is not meant for them. It goes to what uh, the conversations I've had here with you guys before. Everything's not for me. I accept it and I move on. I remember I was well, I was still living in Colorado. There's this comic book store owner I got to know a little bit. He hated the MCU. He hated it with a passion. And but this guy was he owned a comic book store. It was his it's his life. He spent ninety nine percent of his time at the comic book store. I remember I met his kids at the fucking comic book store. This guy got really mad because of the first Guardians of the Galaxy and the dance off to save the Earth. He thought that was a, a, one of the worst scenes in in comic book history. So really, that's the scene. That is the scene that is going to be the thing that's going to turn you the fuck off. Okay. Okay. You know, but once again, it's not for everybody. And I remember one of our final conversations, he said, yeah, I just I had to come to the group to that. It's not for me. And it's not. You can't take everything from panels to picture. You can't. That's why stuff like the Daredevil and the, uh, the, the well, I'm going to call it the Defenders Universe on Netflix, which is now officially canon uh, to the MCU, which is something that they should have done years ago, but reasons. Um... Like, that's why that, those shows were important, because you could get those panel-to-pictures moments. Like when Daredevil has the gun taped to him from, from Punisher, and he's trying, to, he's trying to stop him. That came straight from a panel. But that's why you have the... That's why... Look here. I'm a big fan of hip-hop, as you guys know. And... <coughs> excuse me. And the one thing me and anybody I talk to about hip-hop, it's not a lot of people, but it's enough people talk to about hip-hop let's say they, they, it's the only it's the only music with not without a subgenre r&b is not the subgenre of hip-hop r&b is another genre onto itself but hip-hop needs subgenres because there are subgenres to hip-hop do i think drake is hip-hop certain times sure but he's not i wouldn't classify him as hip-hop you know i wouldn't classify him as a hip-hop legend i would say he's a music legend you know so i, I feel like that that's what the Defenders universe was to the MCU. It was the alternative for people who, one, like people like Luke Cage, like the street-level characters like Daredevil, but these characters have dark stories. 
So it's like cool. Like, Dark De- it's like Daredevil is completely dark. Making a movie about him makes actually makes no sense because you can't do a lot of shit you w- want to do. It's just too dark. I'm okay with that. But we saw what happens when you get a dark universe, such as a, a.k.a. the DCEU. People complain about how dark it is. But that's why you have stuff like Jessica Jones, where you have the Purple Man, uh, Kilgrave, where he's, he's sitting here and literally raping women and controlling them. Dude, that's season one of Jessica Jones, by far, is, if you look at it, is a powerful take, great writing, great acting. It's a powerful take on mental and physical abuse. It's a PSA for it all over the fucking 13 episodes. But it's great because the way it's laid out. You can't do that on a, on, a, on a movie scale. You just can't. Luke Cage, I think Luke Cage, I don't care what anyone says. I think season two was a drawback for sure. But it was, no, excuse me, I, I'm lying. Season season two, I, I, I'm going to say this. See, I feel season one's better than season two, but I still feel like they're both, I, I believe season 10 is, excuse me, season one is 10 out of 10. I believe season two is 9 out of 10. Uh, it moved a little too slow for me in season two at moments. But it was building up to the hero for hire that we know, you know, but it still moved a little too slow for me, you know. But anyways, um, I think in order to enjoy Luke Cage, you have to enjoy black cinema. And I remember talking to Jonathan Esther about this. And I said this before, but I'll say it again for the new people, uh, newer audience. Like, not everybody can enjoy black cinema. Black cinema is very specific, very specific type of cinema. And very special. And it's not relatable to everybody. For as much as hip-hop can be relatable to people or people can hear the the, the, the F the police stuff or whatever, it's still a five-minute song. You know, you're comparing a five-minute song to a whole story arc of 13 episodes. Most of them are 50 minutes each. It's a lot of time to invest in the black community and realities that you probably can't relate to. Most people can't relate to the hood because they've never been there. Why would they go there? It's fun just hearing about it. But it's not, it's not fun to see that shit. You know? But that's why you have stuff like this. Right? The antithesis. The, 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 the opposite of what the MCU could be. Right? But look at everything that was woke last year. It all flopped. None of the woke people watch. Because these people aren't actually woke. They just want a reason to complain. That's why when we get into Reacher season two, and I've watched the first seven episodes of the the second season, I'm gonna watch the final uh, episode, and that will be the next review we do. We're not doing episode by episode though; we're actually just doing it by by season. And since Invincible, which I did not know, was broken down into two parts, and the first part is out right now, I'm gonna actually watch the first part, and then whenever they get to the second part, I'll binge that later. But um. Our February is going to be packed. So, look forward to that. Anyways, um, to me, Echo, I said, was not necessary. I wasn't looking I wasn't looking forward to it. And after watching it, Marvel did themselves a disservice. But look here, this was the only thing they ever did that they put out in one day. They made MA, which it really didn't need to be MA. From being real with you, what I don't understand why it was MA. Also, they did a disservice because it was... If you look at the comics, Echo and Kingpin are connected, like, really connected to the hip. This should have been, like, Kingpin and the Echo, or Echo and the Kingpin. 
this was definitely their story together. And because they made everything canon, we've already seen Wilson Fisk's origin story. So we kind of got flashes of that here. But I can understand if you're someone just watching it, how you're like, damn, what, what, what? <coughs> excuse me. I can understand how you're sitting back being like, I feel like I'm missing chunks of the story. And it's like, yeah, you're missing a huge chunk of the fucking story. Like, they did this whole thing a disservice, all because they had to do this this, this, this show. I Honestly, if you didn't watch Hawkeye, then this show made no sense to you, too. This, was, this to me, is... It's not a problem for me, because I'm going to watch 90% of what Marvel does... As I've already said, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna watch uh, what if. I just don't care. I just don't care about that. Um, and there's other things I won't watch. But like, it's, I'm I'm not I'm not the person they need to be going after. Should they still like make things entertaining for? Everybody? Sure, of course. They did this entire show a disservice. We'll start with episode one. Episode one is literally you have Daredevil in for a cameo for all of two minutes for a badass fight scene with Echo, but, like, Daredevil's just a straight cameo, um, so they false advertise there, in my opinion, because it may seem like Daredevil was gonna be in more than what he was, but that's just my opinion, it was, that's what, I, look here, I market all the time, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, right, you get eye, eyeballs on your product, um, but episode one is legitimately just a review of what Hawkeye was. Like, Jeremy Renner technically makes appearances in this because they use footage from Hawkeye. So if you didn't watch Hawkeye and you watched the first, I think the first episode is like 45 minutes, 35 to 40 minutes of it is just re, is just review. And you get an origin story out of it. And what confuses me even more is, one, I didn't know that... Uh, I know Maya Lopez is Native American, but I didn't know that the actress portraying this character was that as well. I didn't know that. Um, I knew she had a prosthetic. I knew she was deaf. So she she she, she definitely fit the character the mold. Um, she did fine. And she did fine in Hawkeye. You know, like, like she did really well. Um, but the first episode is just review. So legitimately, if you're watching the first episode, everything you're fucking seeing, except for 10 minutes of it, maybe 10, and I'm being nice by saying 10 minutes. But for the most part, everything but, let's just stick with the number 10, um, you've already seen, if you watched Hawkeye, which I did, because Hawkeye's one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, so, okay, you go from there, right? So then we pick up in episode two, and by the way, this is only five episodes, you pick up in episode two, Essentially, after she shoots Kingpin in the face. And so you see that she's on the run, and that she's been on the run from Kingpin's people ever since she shot him. And so she goes back to her hometown in Oklahoma, and essentially she's trying to come up with her own way to become the next Kingpin. She's trying to become a Queenpin. And she feels like Wilson, Wilson Fisk has had his time. So you get to see a lot of her, uh, her mythos and her characters... Uh, that has been built around her. Um, I thought the acting and everything was great. I thought, uh, but and, but that's why I feel like these actors did, like they were did, done a disservice by Marvel because they didn't really need to do this. They didn't need to do this. This show didn't need to happen, but they did it. So it, it's out. Um, so season, so episode two, essentially you're just seeing more of her background. You realize she, she grew up with a cousin named Bonnie and all this type of stuff. 
And episodes two and three essentially are just the mythos around her and her doing things to still fuck with Kingpin's um, uh, organization. We end up seeing, well, in the comic books, Kingpin, after he gets shot by Maya Lopez, he has two patches covering his eye. In this one, he only has one. Well, in episode four, we realize that we see that Kingpin is not dead and that he's been searching for her. And the minute that they have her and they think they're going to kill her, he ends up getting a, uh, one of the henchmen gets a, gets a call from um, Wilson Fisk, and he says that uh, he's the one who did. And so what ends up happening is, and you see the bond that was built between Kingpin and Maya Lopez. And so you see how she went from being kind of this timid, quiet, to just being one of his top lieutenants. And so, and he, of course, he was manipulating her at all times, what Kingpin does. And so, essentially, episode four, you know, seeing, because she, she, she does make a good point. I thought about this, right? And it's funny, on a side note, it's funny I watched this and I ended up having a conversation with someone else. So, anyways, Kingpin has her essentially cornered, and he ends up putting something in her eye. And the eye, in her eye is technology, so that way they can communicate without... Um, someone translating for them because at one point in time he had a translator and for some reason kingpin killed the fucking translator boy oh i know why she knew too much um but now you see that, that as he talks that's in, in her eyes see the sign which i thought was pretty fucking cool actually if i'm being honest with you i know some other people might not have been as, as impressed as i was but as a writer i'm like oh that's that an interesting way of getting the barrier built down but my thing is you you are my uncle i love you you took care of me but you still didn't go out of your way to learn sign. That's a big deal to that community. Now, stop here for a side note. Have you guys ever been somewhere, let's just say at work, and someone is like in, just giving you too much freaking information? So I'm at work. Uh, as I record this, this is it's last week, but it's it's it, either way. So I'm at work and just it's a quiet day, right? And it's three of us working in this area and doing some writing. And this one dude's just talking. He's telling his life story. I don't even know this motherfucker's name. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what, what's happening? Um, <laughs> um, and so he's telling me this story. It turns out he was married at one point in time. He's married now, but he was married with his first wife. And essentially, um, this woman, uh, he was a security guard at one point in time. And this, this deaf woman began hitting on him. He showed me pictures of her as well. And she's gorgeous. And so he ended up learning sign to, to, to better communicate with her because he said in this particular building, there was a lot of deaf people that worked in the building. And deaf, I mean, I, I don't know what the, I, I thought political correct term was deaf. So if I'm not, let me know in the comments and, and so I can be more respectful if I'm not being respectful. But, um... She ends up, turns out she was in a bad marriage. He was in a bad marriage. She ends up like, they cheat on each other together. So he ends up, he ends up like, they end up being together for like six years and et cetera, et cetera. And so long story short, he tells me how, like, she was married to a guy for 16 years and that guy never learned sign language. I couldn't even imagine being married to someone who was deaf for 16 years and saying, sign? Yeah, that's a sign for me to leave you the fuck alone. Like, that's crazy to me. But yeah, it was true. Like the, the husband just didn't like it. Just didn't. I guess just didn't care for it or whatever, right? So, anyways, um, he he got more immersed in that community, and he was saying how like 
Uh, they, how, how deaf people get taken advantage of, and et cetera, et cetera, which I can only imagine. I've actually, I've met deaf people before, but I've actually never been into that community at all. I've never um, had a deaf friend at all. And I've had many uh, eclectic friends, uh, many friends with many uh, uh, setbacks. Never had a deaf friend, though. Um, I, at one point in time, wanted to learn sign. But I think a lot of times, and I'm just going to speak for myself here, a lot of times I think you need that motivation to, to learn something like that. You know, I only learned Indonesian because of the artist I work with for my comic books, as many of you guys are supporters of me. Um, n- no, you probably don't know, actually. But yeah, my uh, the artist I work with, he lives in Bali. You know, and I can't pronounce his name correctly. It's, I can pronounce it, pronounce it now. It's I, 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 ISI. But... Um, for the longest time, I called him Bali, but we st- when we first started working together, yeah, you can use Google uh, Google Translate and blah, blah, blah. It was just much easier for me to learn Indonesian. Now, can I speak it? No, I can write the hell out of it, though. So I can write fluent in Indonesian. Excuse me. So I so he understands me or whatever. But anyways, the point of me telling the story was it, was it was interesting how two days after Echo drops... And I see, and you see that scene where Maya is essentially chastising Kingpin for not learning sign and not taking the time to learn it. I hear that story. So, anyways, um, he makes her an offer to be, you know, his, his essentially his partner. And let's be real, Kingpin doesn't have partners, but he makes this this um, this deal, and so she th- starts thinking about it, and she ends up turning it down. And he knows she turns it down because she drives, she leaves Oklahoma. But she gets this diner. She takes the, the technology out of her eye, which I, which clearly she was being tracked, and so he knows it. So he takes her family hostage. So she ends up Maya ends up embracing her, her powers because her mom had powers, um, healing powers, and her mom ended up passing away in an accident. So she ends up brace, embracing all of her powers, and ends up trying to heal Kingpin, and the the the, the final fight scene. As by far the worst. I know a lot of people here uh, that because I've heard from a lot of you guys. I know a lot of you guys hated the final fight scene with Moon Knight. This was worse. Um, let's debate on that if we need to, because it's not much of a debate. Just watch the show. If you haven't watched the show, don't speak. Um, it was more of a Native American type of. Well, I don't even know the right word to say, but it was it was not good. Um, Essentially, Maya Lopez ends up, you know, forming back with her family. There was a a broken bond there after her dad got kicked out um, of the family, but she's re- re- reconnecting. And the, to me, the most um, noteworthy thing, noteworthy thing of the season was the post credit scene, where it's clear they're building Wilson Fisk up to be the big bad of the street level characters. Um, because at the end of it, he's on a private plane, and uh, there's a news reporter on saying that there's no front runner for mayor, and that if a, a stranger came out of nowhere, that they could take the, the mayor. And in the comic books, as of right now, even right now, Kingpin is mayor. Matter of fact, they just they have this great storyline going. I don't remember the writers. I apologize, but essentially, Kingpin is made to ban superheroes in New York. That's uh, a great storyline. I, I wish I remembered the name. But um, that's the most noteworthy thing of all this. Look here. 
we all know Daredevil Born Again, even though they are starting from scratch. Um, I know they just announced that the two people that were that played Foggy Wilson and uh, uh, Foggy Nelson, excuse me, and Karen Page are going to return, which I think is a fantastic idea. Um, it's supposed to be 18 episodes. Another fantastic idea. Um, I, I look here. I, I believe that's going to be his way of becoming mayor. And look with Spider Man. Yeah, we know we're going to get a big Spider Man movie still, but Spider Man is now a street level hero now. So we can we and, and also that brings up the fact that we're gonna get Luke. I know people weren't happy with uh, Iron Fist, and if they don't want to bring that particular, uh, I think his name was Finn Jones back, that's fine. But they it you should do Heroes for Hire. And I do think when Finn Jones was on the same uh, screen as Luke Cage, my uh, uh, I forgot his real name. I thought they did. I thought they. I thought they were wonderful. Um, look here, those were non-MCU people that did a great job with that. Yes, the Defenders were, uh, it was kind of rushed, but it wasn't all the way bad, you know, getting to see all four of those characters on screen, um, but uh, look here, this was not necessary, and I actually think, I actually think if they would have added more Kingpin elements of it, and, and, and more, and, and look here. Something else will happen during the production of it. We know that because there's supposed to be six episodes. And they end up, they end up, I believe the screenwriter ended up having to rewrite. He scrapped one episode completely. And then I think he said episode four had to be completely redone. So that then made episode five had to be re- re- redone, you know. So whatever happened during the production of this, it was just, it's, it's not a good show. Um, if you just need a Marvel fix, I don't think this would do it for you, to be perfectly honest. But if you were such a if you were a big fan of Kingpin, look here, get seeing him on screen again. It's always good to see Wilson Fisk on screen, especially portrayed by Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, but overall, it wasn't necessary. But also, I think they did this show a disservice. But I'm not gonna feel bad for these guys because they, I'm not, I'm not blaming Kevin Feige. I'm blaming the higher ups for this. They got too greedy. I do hope. If they're going to continue this Marvel spotlight stuff, which they have done in the comics, I do hope we see more characters get shined, but shine characters that we want to see. You know, like Werewolf by Night was pretty fucking good. You know, so they can still do projects that make it that's fantastic. Now we do have Elsa Bloodstone in the fucking MCU. That's badass. You know, so um, yeah. Overall, look here, man. Three out of ten, I guess. And the only reason I give it a three is because those actors worked their butts off, and it was fantastic. So, anyways, that's my review. I gave you as much as I could. <laughs> it's just not much to talk about. So, anyways, I am the slow chemical. This is I see things a little differently. This is the Wednesday show. I'm out of here.